All right, so I'm here with uh, Randy Carruthers yeah. from OSS Suppressors, and you're the marketing manager, right? Yeah. Cool. What does what does OSS stand for? Actually, I didn't even think about asking that, but <laughs> I don't think I know. Uh, that is a good question. Okay. So, in the in the past, I mean, I think uh, personally, I. If you're going to ask me personally, I think it's a little geeky, but yeah, yeah. In, in the past, um, the previous company um, was Operators Suppressor Systems, right? Oh, okay. Right? Um, I'm not an operator. <laughs> I, I, you know, the whole operator, you know, scene and whatnot, it's kind of a, I don't know, a running joke around the office a little bit. Yeah. Um, in 2016, uh, new management and new ownership came in. Okay. Uh, and it, the company actually went from operator suppressor systems and had a legal name change to just OSS suppressor okay, LLC. So what does OSS stand for? I don't know. Uh, optimal, awesome. Sure. So <laughs> it's, it's, ba it's basically like a, it's, it's almost like a DBA, like a doing business as OSS. You kept the acronym. I got it. That, yeah, that's yeah. What I was, it was just really a curiosity. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal. Um, so I guess, just getting into this, like what? So what's your what's your role at OSS and and kind of what brought you to the company? Like what's your what's your background? Oh, so I actually got brought on. Uh, so before before I got this job, you know, I'd worked in the industry a little bit, just doing you know, uh, believe it or not, you know, graphic design and cool. just kind of marketing kind of stuff like that. Um, got a little bit more popular. Started working for a few different co companies. The old company actually actually contracted me to to come in like build a catalog. And oh, the, the the prior iteration the, the of prior, OSS. Correct, correct. Okay, got it. And then yeah. and then eventually that turned into a full time position. And maybe about six months later, I think I got brought on in summer of 2015. So cool. maybe about six months later, management and everything changed. And uh, you know, position just kind of evolved. Okay. Uh, taking over different things. Uh, you know, just doing different roles in marketing, and now here we are today, uh, marketing manager. Oh, that, no, that yeah. that's awesome. As, I, as far as what I do, I mean, if you've seen the videos, I, I got uh, elected, I should say, to to be the the guy on the videos. Um, but you know, video production. But but I, we also do all of our own like graphic design stuff in house. So we design our own catalogs, and a lot cool. of the stuff on the website. You know, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm part of that. So. so you have a pretty diverse role. That's. That's cool. I always kind of, you know, I like to ask folks what they do and how they get into stuff. Um, you know, and you, you, you really never know, um, you know, just because we're in the firearms industry or, you know, the technology industry, engineering industries, you, yeah, you know, yeah like people I, come I, from all backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to yeah. school not for this, right? I didn't sure. even go to school for marketing, right? I wanted to go to law school. Okay. So, so that, that changed and, and what I had a you know, I guess a passion and drive for kind of doing marketing, you mm -hmm. know, one thing led to the next, so. Things That's change. cool. Yeah. Um, this is something I, I like to ask. It's just a curiosity. So when did you get into silencers and why? And maybe, and was that like a personal thing before you were professionally involved? And like, what was your first experience? Like? Oh, no. So my, my first experience with cans um, before this job. Uh, again, I did some stuff on the side for a while. And... Uh, like a lot of people, I think, in this profession, uh, for me, it was a hobby. It's fun. Sure. Right? I like shooting. Um, yeah. A lot of people like shooting, hunting and stuff. You know, I grew up doing all that kind of stuff. Um, started shooting suppressors uh, a few years before uh, this job. Uh, so maybe maybe 2012-ish, 
is I think about twenty okay. in twenty twelve. I think I had my first experience with the silencer Kosaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and uh, you know, and then from there, I mean, I, I built a few ARs. You know, I've been into guns, but you know, it's just kind of been a passion. Uh, and then you know one thing led to the next. So okay, no, that's cool. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, the Saker, that's a very well known, well known silencer, pretty prolific. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, kind of a good experience, good first experience. No, I thought it was a good. No, don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think me like a lot of other people, right? Um, when especially I was young, I was in college. Uh, you end up, you know, kind of building your dream gun mm-hmm. in, in your mind, right? Sure. And so I had picked my can, right? And I mean, yeah. I, I jumped around too. I mean, originally I was like going to maybe get like a Jamtech Halo. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I'm going to get the AAC M4 2000. Oh, the M4 2000. Oh, then I'm going to yeah. get a Saker. And, you know, I like Silencer Co. And, you know, yeah. I had the opportunity to shoot quite a few of these cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, eventually, you know, yeah. working at OSS. That's the, cool. The, the cool thing about working at a suppressor company, uh, a lot of people don't know that, but you, I mean, you get to shoot a lot of the competitor stuff out there, as well as you get to go to shows. And honestly, a lot of the guys in the silencer industry were pretty nice. We're pre- pretty easy to get along with. Yeah. I like to hang out with like the Yankee Hill guys. We're at a show together or whatnot. We'll, we'll trade each other's stuff and shoot each other's stuff. And it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Yankee Hill. I, I just talked to Chris and you know, he and his brother, they're, they're good guys. And it, it's cool. It's cool to, you know, it's almost like everyone kind of likes it as a hobby, but when you are in the business, um, you still kind of have that hobby mentality when you get together and discuss the passions. So yeah, that's fun. Um, I guess we don't have, have to get too deep into the history of the company. You mentioned some of the changes. Um, I know that you had some major product changes with your rifle silencer and that mm-hmm. you um, from what I understand, um, it became lighter, a little, a little more simple, I think, in some of the parts. Did that change coincide with the corporate change? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. so when, when new management came uh, on board in 2016, uh, essentially what we were working with was a multiple-piece platform, mm-hmm. right? So even the, the, they, had two, they had two options. They had over-the-barrel models. Like a, re- a reflex design. Yeah, like a reflex okay. design that came in two pieces, right? And you could take them apart, and and it was like one of the few rifle cans. It might be one of the only ones that I'm aware of. You could take the rifle can all the way apart, you know, mm-hmm. scrub the coils. Was it hexagonal, the maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah hexagonal. It, people say hexagon is octagon. Octagon, right? maybe. Okay. Yeah, eight sides, okay. right? Um, <clears throat> we were told, I mean, there was, there was certain, you say eight sides, right? You know, I, I remember hearing, well, it's eight-sided for, you know, what, mirage mitigation. That, hmm. that ended up being, well, not, not really so true. Hmm. Um, so there were some things we were looking at with that older design. Um, and then trying, we, we, we find, we, I'd say we fine-tuned them a little bit, uh, made some inline changes, made them a little bit stronger, um, passing some government tests with that older design. And then, uh, you know, pushing into the commercial market with more focus, you know, a lot of the feedback we got from a lot of customers and, and not just like commercial guys, but law enforcement, military, um, they were just complex, mm-hmm. a lot of parts. They were a little, uh, confusing. Um, the extra parts meant extra machine time. So they were expensive to produce. Uh, our margins weren't, weren't great on those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, those multiple piece suppressors, I, th- I think the old company, I mean, they were trying to sell them for like 1400 bucks. They cost more to make than like our new stuff retails for, right? I mean, they, they were uh, insanely expensive. I mean, that's, that's why, interesting. That's why they, they were like $1,800. Sure, right? yeah, I mean, they, they were, were high if I recall, yeah. Yeah, really expensive. Um, 
And then some of the flush mount systems, which are just traditional regular suppressors, mm-hmm. even those were 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 less expensive than the two-piece over-the-barrel systems. But the flush mount ones were also, they were longer, mm. they were heavier, um, all these things. And we knew right away, uh, just from feedback, we needed to kind of... Uh, build a QD. Maybe simple, simplify it. Definitely bit. simplify it. Now, blowback was a thing, right? And not, not not to everybody, and that's fine. But, you know, people hate blowback. They hate back pressure. But, uh, I mean, kind of the saying was, you know, I mean, you, you might hate blowback, but you don't hate it $1,500 bad, right? You're not going to you're not going to yeah. bite that extra bullet just to have no blowback. So we knew that blowback, you know, it mattered to people, but uh, the perk is what it kind of needed to be. So okay, we wanted I, to be more competitive with weight, more competitive with length, a whole lot more simple in terms of its uh, maintenance, in terms of its mounting situation. We need to simplify everything, come out with a QD design that was affordable, didn't break the bank, and flow through, and having no blowback was just a benefit or a perk. That's cool. No, um, that, yeah, that, that answers my question, I think, and, and, and to give folks an idea... Um, I had a, I had a question that this is I guess something some somewhat my observation, um, but I kind of wanted to I don't know gut check it with you and you know also for the listeners so, um, and and you know to to preface this I I have not shot your silencers before oh. I mean, I've seen them but I haven't shot them so what I've noticed is like the the principal design goal that I've observed when looking at the your rifle silencers you know when I've disassemb- disassembled them. Um, at, at the various trade shows and se- things that I've seen, right? Is it so? You it looks like you're attempting to give an alternate flow path to the gas away from the bore axis, uh-huh. and you're trying to make that that flow path fairly arduous so that the you know the gas has to has to really work to get through it, and so it can stay in the system as long as possible, but also not influence the bore axis with tur- tur- turbulence. So what you're doing is you're you're giving the gas a place to go, so you're reducing. Um, "Quote unquote back pressure or you know restrictive flow through the through the bore, but at the same time you're stripping turbulence away from the primary bore so that as not to disrupt the the projectile path. Um, am I getting that goal uh, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, maybe maybe this is how I would phrase it. Right, the flow through design, flow through technology works by allowing a very large portion of those expanding gases mm-hmm. to flow through an alternate path like like you're referring to but to basically allow the linear expansion to keep going long enough and allow those gases to separate from the bore line but then expand naturally and what i mean by that is they're not hitting dead ends and compressing it's expanding naturally right oh so and then okay. through the system and that the reason that there's helical you know these radial or helical cuts. You know in the in the layers of the suppressor is to give the gas more expanding time before it vents out the front. If we cut all those channels straight, it'd be loud. Exactly. Yeah, that's does what does that I, make sense? Yeah, it does. And when I mentioned the arduous path, I guess that's what I meant. It's arduous in that it's difficult. In that the the gas has a more difficulty to. Um, to get out of the silencer quickly, but at the same time, you you brought up a very good clarification that I, that I appreciate, and you know this could be done with a reflex design, but it may not be as efficient as yours. I was thinking about that because you know re, uh, for those of you know 
people listening that don't know, uh, a reflex uh, sil- over the barrel. silencer yeah. goes um, back over the barrel. So the 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 silencer body is forward of the muzzle, mm-hmm. and aft of the muzzle you have um, large a larger diameter silencer that goes that travels further aft toward the shooter, and what that does is it creates um, a volume that uh, is available for expansion. Um, and unlike the OSS system, you know, partners, there's a there's some shooting going on next to us here. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we are at an active range. Um, so uh, you know, the OSS system allows the gas to take advantage of additional volume, but not be trapped. Correct. So, so, there, so there are some reflex designs out mm-hmm. there, and essentially you just have large expansion chambers on that blast. So back. it works for the maybe the first shot, first couple shots, but you know, in sustained full auto fire, you may, you may, uh, the gas dynamics may result in more blowback. Whereas yours, I think you continuously vent. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So with, with ours, each round, a, a major portion of those gases. Um, Basically, the stuff that gets shredded or separated right in that initial blast or expanding chamber with our, with our cans um, gets to continue to expand and vent forward. Vent out of the system, forward, away from the shooter, away from their sure. ears, uh, away from, you know. Yeah, that's, you know, from, you know, as an engineer and someone who studies gas dynamics and, and, and impulsive loading, uh, I find the, the concept to be very intriguing and also uh actually really cool um and in theory i I see it working very well um it's interesting Uh, obviously you'll balance higher noise at the muzzle with lower back pressure just because you mean physics are physics right um if you had your druthers i mean you would make your can as long as possible and by the time the the gas finished its its a uh, toroidal path or spiral path. It would be so cool that it would be super quiet, but we just don't have that luxury. So I guess you have to balance your yeah, length. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, people people at the end of the day they don't want to you know wield a exactly three foot long suppressor, right? So and at the end of the day, I guess some, your silencer might be a little louder at the muzzle than some of the competitors, but you know, with the low back pressure might be quieter at the ear or just as quieter at the ear with the extra benefit well, of low, what, no fouling, right? Yeah, well, that's what that's what testing has shown. Right. Even if you look at, like, the silencer shop videos, right? I mean, some, sometimes sure. people look at those and they're just looking at those muzzle numbers sure. that populate on the screen. But if you look at the at-ear average, and then you're comparing our can against a similar-sized can, right? So it wouldn't be f- fair to, like, compare our, our 762 can, which is, you know, only 7.2 inches long, which is actually pretty short 7.62 can it is Um, and it's only 1.6 inches in diameter i mean it's short and it's small because that's really a csas requirement parameter we were stuck with right the can had to be on a compact that's that's this 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 gun right here right correct yeah hk so i mean ideally you might well maybe it should be bigger and and longer to be more quiet well uh, that specific can well it couldn't be for this for this weapon system right so but if you're going to compare our 7.62 against you know a nine inch long you know not to pick on SIG, I mean, I think they make great stuff, but maybe a SIG 30 cal can, which some of them are much larger and longer, you know, bigger in diameter. Well, obviously they're going to be quieter, but if you're comparing one can against another, it's similar in size and you're just looking at ear numbers. Yeah, we're generally quieter at the ear, if not as quiet, but we are generally a little louder at the muzzle. We don't, we don't hide behind that. Um, at the end of the day, I haven't heard a, an argument that was a good one for why you needed to be quiet at the muzzle, unless I, I, 
you know, as far as the military is concerned, I mean, we even did a video on this. The sonic crack of a round downrange is the same, regardless. The, it's very the, loud. Yeah, in excess of yeah. 150 decibels, probably. Yeah, well, yeah, well, at least when we were doing 5.56, five, yeah. it was metering around 130, 130 Okay. okay. Oops, sorry. 100, about 133 decibels downrange at really any distance, right? Interesting. Uh, I wonder where the microphone was placed. Well, the microphone was placed maybe about, if you watch the video, maybe about... Uh, I don't recall exactly, but I want to say maybe about 10 yards or, or so away from where the round was passing in front oh, of us. Oh, so, okay. So, so we were behind a barricade. So there, there might have been some decay, too, on the, you know, the, the, the decay of the, the pressure waves uh, that we measure with the, sure. with the decibels are, is, is exponential. So the further yeah. you get away, it drops off very quickly. But, but in either case, sure. if you're shooting past our meter, and our meter is placed perpendicular to the bore, to the, the bullet path, right? Ah. And the, the meter's over here, and the bullet's going this way, and the meter's maybe 10 yards away from that path we stepped back from 25 yards to 100 and even 400 and the number was the same with with our can a competitor can and it should be the number was the same with and without a can it should be right the difference was i could audibly hear the blast when there was no suppressor on yeah i mean that that makes a lot of sense i mean like i said you know for, for folks who don't understand um silencers the, the, they suppress a weapon system, and there's many sources of noise. You have the, the, the rapid expansion of the hot gas that interacts with the atmosphere out of the muzzle that the silencer is, is containing. But with the supersonic projectile, the, the, the crack down range is another source um, of noise, uh, of noise yeah. and, 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 and that's going to be continuous, you know, really regardless of the... Right. Uh, uh, of the of the round, uh, unless of course you have subsonic, but that's right. a whole different. Again, that's a whole, a whole different, different thing. thing. Like for with, with the new twenty two can, right? I mean, we knew that had to be quiet at the muzzle as well. People shoot twenty two to be really quiet, especially subs. I mean, uh, I mean me. I mean, I want like a backyard gun, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. really it. So that's a good point. And um, oh gosh, I I don't want to deviate too much, but um, I tell you what. Hold that thought about the new 22 silencer because I want to ask a sure. couple of questions first. But th- th- I th- there's some good good questions about that. I think that I think people want to know. Um, kind of circling back to to some of the product designs. Do you guys how closely are you looking at different materials um, and what kind of what kind of steels do you settle on and, and are you looking at other anything else right now? That's a great question. Um, so. For those that are in the know in the silencer industry, I mean, it's, it's evolved uh, over the past few years. I mean, it used to be, uh, I think a lot of people were just using maybe heat-treated 17.4 on their baffle stack. Sure. And then, you know, people stepped it up. Uh, companies, you know, InCanal became kind of a standard, right? InCanal blast baffle to fully win InCanal, you know, every baffle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got Silencer Co. and some of these others that come along and say Stellite, which is basically cobalt. Uh, it's a kind of cobalt, really tough materials. Um, some of the older designs at OSS, uh, I mean, we've played with it all. We, we've tried to see if we could get away with aluminum. Uh, you know, we've, we've played with it all. But some of the older models had Inconel in it. What we found is that because of the different kind of pressure that we are dealing with, we didn't need to use Inconel or, or Stellite, right? And what I mean by that is, we put, for instance, when we were designing this QD suppressor, um, we had our own thresholds and objectives, our own, I guess, spec that you could call it. 
things that we needed to be able to meet before we brought it to market. And not just in terms of like weight, length, but weight, length, sound suppression, mounting system, durability, all that, right? And for durability and full auto rated, we needed it to pass the SOCOM reliability stress test. Which yeah, is, that's the firing schedule that firing um, schedule. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of the, I know Rugged uses that. I know Rugged, a, a yeah. couple of uh, other manufacturers use that. It's like a, I forgot the exact schedule, but it's like a certain amount of mags and semi, eight. then full, and then you change. Semi, you know. full, burst, semi, sure. full, semi, and then that last mag is a mag dump, full auto mag dump. And then that's one cycle. You got to yes. do that like six times right. Right, to, to basically pass. So we learned that uh, because the majority of the pressure in our system is venting through it. Mm. There isn't as much heat, and the key is heat and pressure are the enemy with suppressors, right? Absolutely. There isn't as much heat and pressure through the bore line where the where where our deflectors are, which are which are actually doing a little bit of trapping, right? There right. are technically, I mean, you could call them baffles. There are technically smaller diameter baffles in the middle of our can, right? We could get away with 17.4 heat treated stainless. We could go through that SOCOM endurance test consecutive twice one after another without any erosion issues and the reason is well because we're, we're venting off a ton of that heat and pressure so why would we put in canal in it if it's just going to raise the price for the end user well i and mean that's why we avoid it you you, you bring up a good point <laughs> um it, it is important for silencer consumers to realize that um the reason why in canal um you know which is actually it's, it's a high nickel steel alloy um, relatively machinable, um, or uh, an alloy like Stellite, which is um, not very machinable, very tough, but but usually cast. Um, things like uh, Merogene steels, like the you know the energetic armament guys are using that C C30 or C300 Merogene steel that uses this ITAR controlled and used in rocket motor casings. All these all these products or these steel alloys are meant to um, undergo. Uh, insane heat and pressure and erosion under very very high temperature and you're right if you if you can control the design case and in, in with your designs you you've essentially changed your conditions you're changing your design conditions to where you, you your threat condition is, is is lower temperature you you may not need that, those materials and that then that right. that's that's engineering so that's great that's right. great i mean that's right. so that's cool that makes sense I mean, at the um, end of the day right and at the end of the day, the end user, be it military, law enforcement, or even in the commercial market, I mean, people get hung up on materials because at the end of the day, they're wondering one thing. Is this going to work for my needs? Is If I'm doing a lot of full auto or if I'm not doing a lot of full auto, right? I mean, there's some companies out there that don't do anything. I mean, look at look at Q, right? I mean, they make great cans as well, but a lot of them are fully tie cans, right? I mean, sure. You, you, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, for what are you, you for what you're using your can for, is it going to stand up to the job? No, absolutely. Right? And, and that's yeah. why it's like, well, yeah. why, why would we why would we make it cost more for some marketing reason, right? I mean, no, we can get away with heat treated seventeen four, so that's what we're going to go with. No, yeah, I I understand that. I. I have a technical question about that. I'm, uh, you may not know. Um, I'm like, let's say for example, let's let's something something simple in full auto. Uh, an M16 chambered in five five six. You know, let, let's say you're doing a, I don't know, a, ma a full a full dump. thirty round mag dump. Let's say you use something like, oh, I don't know, an old school AAC M4 two thousand, uh -huh. and then you used one of your 
cans. Uh-huh. Have you guys measured the temperature difference? Yeah, maybe not on that firing schedule. But, okay. But let me give you a scenario to kind of answer that question. Okay. We had a video. I think it's still on our on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's essentially, if it's not, I mean, we, sh- we should do that. But basically, it's a side-by-side comparison. Okay. Now, it's with the older design. Okay. So it's the octagonal thing. Same technology. It's in, that's in our new stuff right now. Um, essentially the same thing, except ours is more simplified right now. But but basically, the, the firing schedule on that video, it's shot with a FLIR, so you can see the temperature. So you can see the temperature, okay. Right? And it's a side-by-side, and it's just one magazine, but the round count is just one round a second, right? Got it, so which can, gets it pretty hot. Watch, boom, yeah. boom, boom, right? By about the 30-round mark, you're watching the competitor can. Um and they're heating up, and they're close to the 600-degree mark. Okay, Fahrenheit. Right? Fahrenheit. So, okay. 600 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, halfway, they're at about 300. Halfway through that, right? Okay. Well, at the halfway point, and even at the end, at the very end of ours, we're just under the 300-degree mark. Right? Really? So, so what does that mean? Well, on it, what it technically means is on that weapon system with that firing schedule, that can against the other can was heating up at about half the rate. Sure. Sure. What does that mean to an end user? Well, I could say, well, they, they heat up at about half the rate. Well, if, if you're just doing a mag dump, full auto mag dump, I mean, the FLIR tops out at like 1,200 and something degrees Fahrenheit. So beyond that, I don't know how hot they're getting. Sure. Right? I do know that ours heat up slower, and they also cool off faster. Right? You, usually it's about half the rate. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is kind of what I tell people. Look, 400 degrees is still going to burn you, man. I oh, mean, yeah. If, if, yeah, you're, if sure. you're worried about heat uh, because of erosion issues, that's one thing. If you're worried about heat because of mirage covers or, or whatnot, I mean, that's another thing. But, you know, this idea that some people have where they're like, oh, it's going to be cooler. Well, I don't know if it's going to be like, – suppressor's a suppressor. It's going to be really well, yeah, hot. Well, yeah, they definitely <laughs> – you know? yeah, they – I yeah, I, I, I agree. I, and I, they definitely get hot. I um, I guess I was more asking um, just to think about, you know, the design parameters and if, and if you know, your, your design allowed the temperature to – I don't know. Maybe, maybe the temperature to <laughs> – one moment. Yeah. Maybe the temperature to peak maybe at a lower – threshold so oh, that you know what i mean yeah so uh, so some of the older models uh, had like aluminum sleeves on them right oh okay. aluminum melts after 1200 degrees yes right so as long as you didn't shoot it like crazy it wasn't a problem well it starts getting soft at around 1200 degrees so yeah it's, it's yield strength it, drops significantly sure. yeah yeah so so grade nine tie versus grade five titanium you know i mean so some of the coils in our current system um they're not all 17-4 heat treated. Only the, the main main part is, and only some of those layers. The other layers on the outside where the gas is cooler, we can use titanium. Now, titanium has a melting point, as does heat treated 17-4. Sure. And it holds know. heat a little longer than steel does, exactly, too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So all these things are a factor. At the end yeah. of the day, we when we're doing any development on new products, we subject it to the SOCOM test and then do an inspection. You know, that's, it's interesting. You know, uh, there is a lot of talk in the industry about, you know, belt-fed rated and full-auto rated and da-da-da-da, but I really like and I really like I don't test know standards. What, I don't know what that means. It, it doesn't mean anything. Problem. It full doesn't mean rated. anything. Well, what do you mean by that? But but the SOCOM firing schedule. Um, that's that, our that, standard. That, that, yeah, that several manufacturers like you and, and SIG and Rugged and, 
and uh, a few others are, are using is, is good to know because, and you know, it's, it's funny that a lot of them aren't publishing that. They should publish that because, in my opinion, as a silencer consumer, I want to know, like... I would think you Like, would. I don't care what your silencer is made of. If it's passing the that, schedule... That's my issue. No offense. Uh, don't know. get me wrong. I like rugged cans, and I actually have a pretty good relationship to the rugged guys. But that's my shti- That's my issue with, you know, this whole, like, well, it's belt-fed rated. Well, what do you mean? Belt-fed 9 mil? Like, how many of those are there? What firing schedule? What what? what well, rugged, I, I what think they animal? probably meant, like, you, you know, know centerfire rifle, 5.6 Well, all their stuff is belt-fed yeah. rated, you know. So, and don't get me wrong. I've been to ranges with them, yeah. and they run belt feds, and they run really well, yeah. they, and they beat the crap out of their cans. But my my problem is, what do you mean by belt fed rated versus well, full auto rated? And there's no definition. Well, it is interesting. There is a SIG can. I was at a, a shot show talking with uh, Mr. Hollister, um, you know, and he they had a they had a belt fed can, um, and I don't know what the the um, Military standard is for that if there is one or not if there's if there's well, a belt fed we schedule. Have, so if, if if your audience could see right now, we we have this belt fed can right here. This is a new can that we've released. Um, it, it's released because of emerging interest. Okay, we've sent a bunch of them. I, I don't remember who. Uh, that's why I'm not the military sales guy or whatever. But you know, they are developing that standard. Oh, belt okay. Fed, so right? it's also in development now. Well, the standard. The sure. standard is. Yeah, there, there's interest for programs requiring belt feds to be optimized for for suppressors or to get. Is to, there a. To, do you to, know to, um, what agency or entity within the government is I, developing that? I couldn't tell you. Oh, well, that's really I, neat. All I know is we designed it for that reason, right? Okay, cool. Now, now interestingly enough, belt fed manufacturers like FN, right? They have a. They have a a firing schedule that their barrel is rated for. Sure. Let me tell you what, man. It, almost. In terms of durability, most cans will survive the barrel, the barrel. Sure, oh, oh, and if it's you're not, not a big deal. But yeah. as far as you know, when things get hot, when they get, you know, I guess if you're in a combat situation, and I wouldn't know, um, but uh, you know, people tend to you know get a little happy with their their trigger finger, right, and whatnot. So the cans definitely got to withstand quite a bit of prolonged belt-fed fire, and that's why this can is bigger in diameter and it's. It's heavier and it's stronger. It's for that like super abuse. But that, that's like the SIG can I saw it shot. It was it was a it was a tank. It was huge. And yeah. Hollister was telling me he was like you know, he's like this is a belt fed can, bro. And I was like okay. And I looked at it and I was like well it certainly looks the part. I I don't have any yeah. technical information to make that judgment. Yeah. And I, <laughs> at unfortunately, all, I but... couldn't even tell you, you know, this is our belt fed can. Um, but I couldn't tell you what. Because again, I'm not involved in the government side of sure. things. But okay. You know what their firing schedule is. I don't have off the top of my head. Okay. Well, no, that's that. I think that's informative for for listeners. Um, and it's informative for me. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think it, when I think about a, you know, take like an airy strike upper, you put on an M16. Right. You, you know, you got a gas tube or something, right? You're gonna melt your gas tube. Right, and that, I think they're you, designed you know? in a way that like. Yeah. That's the first point of failure kind of for the weak, a reason. Kind of the weak point, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we we really covered a lot of the a lot of the questions I had just indirectly just. You know the way the conversation when I was going to ask you about you know how you test your silencers with durability and on-off cycles, repeatability, and and it seems like you guys, if you guys are so yeah. going for contracts with SOCOM schedule, then exactly. So you you mentioned repeatability. Well, yeah. Well, again, H and K submitted with our can for the CSAS. Mm. So what what do we have to to do to meet 
precision requirements. Well, we had to we had to meet the sniper contract. So what's our what's our requirement? Well, it's it's very similar to the CSAS and SDMR requirement. So okay. there's a there's an average mean radius. There's an average MOA with and without the can. Cool. That is in our quality control spec. Okay. Because again, we got to deliver for this contract. And Are that, you shooting every to... can you make? Do you like test fire them? I know some people do, some people don't. Um, like, we used to. You used to? Okay. We used to. Um, we're our quality controls improved. I mean, at the end of the day, at some point, you're just going to do like a random sampling. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we're moving right now. Um, yeah. Early, early on with the QD design, right? Uh, and when we were producing lower numbers and whatnot, yeah, test fired every one of them. Um, I, cool. think, I think we're moved to, uh, we moved, we've moved past that, random sampling. I mean, the, the average, uh, don't quote me on this, it's, it's in our precision video, but uh, where I actually say it, I think the average group size okay. um, for, or the average shift distance, because we have a POI shift requirement too. Sure. Uh, but the average shift distance with our can that we do in our quality control, and this is, this is testing like, uh, you know, dozens or, you know, maybe even a hundred at sometimes cans at once on one platform, right? And you're just looking at the, and usually you get just a hole this big on the paper. Because the oscillation, sure, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but the average shift distance, I want to say is about point, uh, between point six and point nine MOA, something and, like that. And that's point four and point, point nine MOA, but it's very small. And usually that shift distance is straight down. So, and, and that's basically, you know, from you're changing the mode shape of vibration of the barrel by adding weight. Yeah, you're gonna get that anyway. Yeah, right? you're gonna get it anyway. You're gonna get yeah. POI shift regardless. So you, what you don't want is like some, some kind of crazy flyer because you have uh, turbulence in the bore or exactly. you know something crazy. And it kind of goes yeah. back to earlier. You know, we got competitors that say minimal and repeatable. You know, POI shift. Well, I'm going. Well, what the heck does minimal mean? I mean, is minimal to you uh, six inches? Because that wouldn't that wouldn't pass our quality. It, it is good to have standards. Right. Uh, you you come back to that again. I I do concur that stand. It's important when you talk about performance. It's, it's almost like the saying. I, I like to use the saying. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. And if you're going to make a claim, yeah. back it up with some kind of metric so that people can objectively understand. Yeah, and we don't have a choice. We have to. You know? Right. We're already kind of disrupting a little bit because we're doing something very different. We, I mean, I deal with enough skeptics and critics that haven't shot our stuff you know you deal with enough people online that are like sure. really is it all just a bunch of marketing nonsense or is it real you know last thing i want to do is not be transparent <laughs> yeah right? you don't want to get in that rabbit up, hole yes and back up everything can you, you know, that we claim about our stuff so i know you're not the the military contract guy and if you don't know the answer that's cool i was just curious i know i saw this hk uh -huh. uh, right here it's a 762 hk yeah. and i know you guys uh won that CSAS contract are there some other ones that you've won well, well you internationally, yes, but off the top of my head, I can't, I don't know. Is it Tavor? Is that a, the bullpup? So that's not a contract. Okay. Uh, that's a, that's an, a, that's a partnership with IWI. Okay. That's what uh, it is. Israeli Weapon Industries, is that, yeah, no, is that right? I, am I, that's, I am, no, am I, I might be IMI, butchering, I butchering something. I don't I have any of the firearms, but I, I, hit, I feel like they make the Desert Eagle and I, and I'm, yeah. and people are probably cringing right now. They're probably listening to this. No, oh I God. Don't. Yeah, so, so with the Tavor, the X95, and some of the other weapon systems with IWI, they, they, uh, they I will say they were impressed through their testing and, and evaluation with our cans. They liked us enough. I mean, I, I go to a lot of the demos with these guys. Um, they're great guys. Um, that uh, 
basically they wanted it to be like an official IWI can, which is just our suppressor. It just has a That's custom. cool. That's it. Yeah. It has their logo on it. Because bullpups are like super hard to control the gas on and if you don't have blowback and like a lot of back pressure then it works so yeah. that's cool and coincidentally like the x95 for example you know a lot of people really love those things i think they're pretty awesome uh, pretty fun to shoot um typically bullpups can be really awfully loud at when you're when you're talking about numbers at the ear for real um the ejection I mean, port's the, like the right there. Is, yeah, the breach is right by <laughs> you're your right ear, there right by your face especially if you're a lefty right yeah the blowback would be right there um if you're comparing like a 16-inch Tavor or X95 uh, to a 16-inch anything else, fill in the blank, uh, 556, uh, the X95 has some of the quietest at-ear numbers that we've ever seen. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and weird, oddly so, even though the ejection port's right there. Um, huh. But it's it's great. It's great. And then it's, it's interesting, and this is something people don't understand, you know, operating system has so much to do with sound. Oh, yeah. And they don't understand that. So, like, uh, piston gun, right? Bullpup piston gun. That's what the X95 is. Uh, well, the Styrog is a piston gun, which is also bullpup. Shoot a Styrog with Arcan or anybody else's, I kid you not, the DB is in, like, the 150s. It's, it's so like loud. It's, like, one of the loudest platforms. It's so Still loud. Still a piston gun. Now, yeah. the way their piston design is very different, the way their whole gun is is very different, but operating system has a ton of influence when you're talking about measuring at the shooter's ear. Dude, yeah, I, I, I built a 10.5-inch I, I upper. I call it the J-Blaster because it, it, it's, a, it's a superlative arms piston bleed, bleed off, and it's super quick. It has a super high bolt velocity, and I run it suppressed, and I know it's going to be loud, and I wear ears, but it's like one of the most reliable guns I've ever built because it can't get dirty because it vents, and it's great, and it's like it's just one of those things, and you you know there's trade-offs, and I, and so yeah, I mean people hosts are important. Um, I uh, I want to get into there's there's hmm, how we do we're doing pretty good on time actually. I, I have a couple of things. There's one company I. I've met with and I saw them. Uh, Next Gen Defense. Uh -huh. Those guys have a very similar concept. Conceptually, the, the design is very similar uh, in concept to yours, where they're stripping gases and they're they're putting them to the uh, outer circumference. And uh -huh. uh, you know, it's it's a little different in the geometry they're using. But I don't. What like have you seen those? Like have you yeah. like what's your opinion on those? Well, some of those guys came from OSS. Uh, yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Ernie uh, is that the owner? Um, uh, yeah. I, I met him. You I met, met Ernie? Him. I met Ernie. Yeah, he's I've a nice guy. Is it, met, so he, he he's not from OSS, is he? No. Okay. Not Ernie. Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, kind of similar design. Um, I mean, I, I've shot it. I mean, I don't want to trash other companies or anything. No, no. I was just wondering. I mean, I've shot know. it. I mean, Feedback from what I hear, just because uh, you know we do we do like a lot of law enforcement stuff and mm -hmm. whatnot. We work with companies that will test everybody. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of feedback is that they're a little loud, um, but I have shot. I mean, there is no blowback. I mean, there there definitely isn't any blowback on their system. Um, but yeah, yeah. I wonder if maybe maybe they're. Uh... The, the way they're, the, they're doing they're it is different. E even less restrictive so that maybe they haven't really balanced that muzzle and out of ear stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's not. It's too much flow. I don't know. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think so. I mean, but but I mean, at the end of the day, the the way they're doing it is a little bit different than us. Okay. Um, they, they're using a, kind of like a monocore system. It is right. I, kind if of I remember zigzags. It's, yeah, it's almost like a during in the main axial component. There's holes. 
Uh-huh. And then some, they have the... They have like gas that they argue rotates in these like little, you know, forwards and backwards in these spirally kind of areas at the at the peaks of this like uh, monocore design. Yeah. And they got a, these, like, what do they call them, shredder baffles or something in the front and... But yeah, so it's 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 a similar concept, a different implementation. Um, and I it was I was just looking. At, I was thinking of all the different types of silencers, and out of the out of the people that are doing the super different things with regard to baffle design or lack of baffles, it was you and and and, and next gen defense. Yeah, I, I I couldn't other than the old reflex designs and the form one stuff you see on silencer talk from well, back in the day. There's a, really, if I was being know, honest, there's there's a few other companies trying things. Um, we, I mean, I don't know how much I could speak on that. I mean, we 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 have sent more than a few. Uh, well, I, I should I shouldn't say it. More than a few. We've sent some cease and desist letters. There's some patent violations. You know, oh, but you know, I'm talking more like established companies that are that, that are winning contracts and showing showing their stuff. I mean, you know, a guy with a with a mill and a lathe in his garage can do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about like some good contenders. Um, and that's not to disparage people that are they're doing stuff on their own, and it's not to disparage. Um, you know, the smaller companies and stuff, but um, you know as well as I do in the sponsor industry, there's a lot of copycatting. Yeah. Well, for the longest time, right? Uh, seems like, especially with a lot of our top competitors, right? Um, when I was shopping for cans early on, right, the technology was so stagnant. It seemed like everybody had an in-canal core. It was like, check the box. Okay, durable, right? In-canal or stellar or whatever, check the box. All right, looking at, looking at length and weight, and they were all so similar. So it was like, okay. And you look at sound. Well, they were all so similar. You ended up kind of really just shopping for a mount, picking a mounting system that was really, really good, and just kind of going from there. And, I mean, the industry's, I mean, baffle technology's been around for a long time so I mean, you're going to get you're going to get a degree of copycatting if if something doesn't change but but yeah we're we're a little different we're a little disruptive there are a few people trying different things i, I know there's a few different companies trying different materials i've even heard of some companies trying things that actually move on the inside spin around and whatnot uh, oh, oh wow interesting yeah, yeah so there's some things going on people are trying um at the end of the day uh, i guess all i have to say about that is if if you're doing it if you're not looking at what customers want, if you're not looking at, you know, if you're not driving your requirements for your products based on what end users actually want to see in products, yeah. uh, it's fool's errand. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, like, yeah, you probably you probably you know, don't want to ignore. This is really cool and innovative. <laughs> well, it might be, but at the end of the day, I mean, if it doesn't matter if it costs more or whatever, I mean, we, we've certainly, the older company especially, certainly suffered to a, a good degree about that, right? You can be different, but if you're not relative, who cares? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's a reasonable, I think that's a reasonable conclusion. So your new 22 silencer, I'm super curious. Is this the one right here? Yeah. What is it called? Um, so. <laughs> cause I'm looking at the serial I'm laughing here. cause you know, name's a little cheesy. It's, it's the rad 22. Cool. So rad 22, okay. the inside is made up of these, it has these radial grooves. Oh, rad radial. You got it. That's okay. I'm, a, I'm tracking. Okay. Cut into the outside edges. Oh shit. Of traditional baffles, we call flow baffles. Dude, see, okay, so, and and just to prove I'm not making this up, <laughs> I I I haven't seen this silencer, and I uh-huh. I wrote on my 
paper here because I was I was very curious about how you were going to tackle the lower pressure gas dynamics of the 22 cartridge. And my, my first question... With a baffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because my first question was, is, is your flow-through system more efficient or less efficient? Because, you know, does it scale directly from your centerfire rifle cans? I was like, you can't. So you're right, you're right. So, so that's, a, that's a good thing you bring that up. So in the Instagram live session, we touched on this. Last, oh, okay. last time we were here in Silencer Shop and whatnot. We get questions, people. Hey, when, when 9 mil, when 45? I mean, mm. I'm excited about 9 and 45. We're developing it right now. Um, but uh, wow. some people have asked, and we've done this with our older stuff, why, why don't you just freaking bore out your rifle stuff to 9 mil and call it good? Yeah, that's not going to work. At the end of the day, yeah. the pressures inside, yeah. pistol, pistol powders burn very differently. And there isn't enough burning to get those gases to travel through the entire layers of the system. So what you end up getting lower pressure. You yeah. end up getting yeah. is a very small bore line of deflectors, very low volume that you're trying to shove nine through. Basically at the end of the day, it's freaking loud. Yeah. Right? So lower pressures kind of suffer from this. So sure. um, now 22 doesn't count. I mean 22 I mean you can actually shoot our 556 five, cans on 22 and it sounds great. Well, there's a lot of volume. But yeah, it's 422. Right? <laughs> you can shoot 57, you know, all these other things. Um, but when it comes to the lower pressures of 22, when you're trying to build something competitive in size, weight, and length for a 22 can, um, no, it's not like I could have a whole bunch of little tiny little parts in here. So wh what did we end up doing? Um, baffles work. So it looks but like there's also yeah. flow through. So it's a simplified version. Instead of having multiple layers of what we would call coils, yeah. I mean, they, these cuts are similar to what you see in our helix models. The difference is there's just this expansion chamber, just like our current can, but there's really only one layer going forward. And it just goes forward till it vents out the cap. Do you mind if I hold this expansion chamber? Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to, to describe this for the listeners, and I, I'll, I'll put some pictures on, on Instagram of this. So what, what they've done is, if you can picture um, something similar to a Nielsen device or booster housing for a you know, like a centerfire pistol can. We call it the birdcage. Birdcage, yeah. They have a, they have a birdcage in the front, <laughs> and that, the gases are allowed to expand radially um, out of that birdcage in the blast chamber, and then if you look down the bore of the silencer or you look along axially, they ha they've machined uh, spiral cuts on the outside of all of these baffles that are sort of like K-baffles. Yeah. They're sort of like K-baffles. We call them flow baffles. And they call them flow baffles. So, so okay, let me ask you this. Um... How does your blowback on this compare to, like, I don't know, a dead air mask or something? <laughs> so, that's a good question. The reality is, uh, short answer, when it comes to shooting low-pressure stuff that is as, as low-pressure as 22, there's really not a lot of blowback. <laughs> I mean, at the end sure. of the day. All right. So, blowback can plague some, definitely some center fire and some rifle Mm -hmm. you know calibers and whatnot can make your gun dirtier vastly dirtier can increase bolt speeds and cause malfunctions uh, especially you jump into belt feds there's an array of problems that could be induced by blowback that's why weapon mods were invented to help with timing and cycling and heavier buffers and all this all this crap right um 22s no nah. well you know I'll, so, i will play devil's advocate i will i will play devil's ahead. devil's advocate in that i will say um because of the dirtiness of the 22 round uh -huh. uh, and the lead fouling uh, and 
some weapon modifications I've done for little 22 pistols and stuff, like uh -huh. the, the Ruger Mark III, I have noticed certain 22 silencers have different blowback. And one thing that, and this this is a really niche yeah. point, but one thing that people do kind of need to worry about with 22 is the the consistency or the inconsistency of ammunition um i found that you know with the cci standard velocity ammunition is very consistent and if you tune a 22 host especially you know like a semi-automatic 22 host to cycle with a very consistent 22 ammunition with your silencer with a blowback that you like you're good and if you switch the 22 silencer to a silencer with less blowback maybe it's not going to function and so yeah um you know and, and, and it gums up the action because it's, yeah. it's super dirty yeah and so that's kind of what i asked i was like you know well does no, this, no, is, so, this uh, is matter let me elaborate know? on that so you kind of touched on the dirtiness thing right yeah so all 22s are dirty right sure for the most part just in as a general sense yeah they're dirty even without a can they're dirty right you're cleaning them a lot what we noticed I mean, we, we did we took bolt velocity testing, right? What we noticed when it came to like, you know, dead air mask, which we actually used as kind of our standard to to test this against, and the Sparrow, you know, popular ones, and okay. quiet and whatnot. Makes sense. Um, what we noticed is when it comes to shooting that really low pressure stuff like 22, the blowback is so small. That there's really not. In other words, if, if I'm going to add a ton of flow through to get rid of that tiny bit of blowback, this is going to be a loud little 22 can, right? Um, so, which you can't have. Not in the 22 world, right? Yeah, quiet is king. Quiet is definitely king yeah. when you're buying a 22 can. Yeah. And muzzle numbers as well. Shooting subs. I mean, people want to make it very quiet. Yeah. Um, but what we did notice is you step up the pressure. And now everything changes. So maybe higher, higher pressure twenty-two ammo. But well, what about twenty-two mag, seventeen HMR? Seventeen HMR, yeah. Yeah, just exactly. Five seven. Five seven. Right? Yeah. Now, For people who use five seven. Exactly. No, <laughs> the vast majority of people shooting a twenty-two can are just going to shoot twenty-two through it. But if you decide to shoot that higher pressure stuff. That's where we start having a bigger advantage because there is a flow through design here. Gas. I mean, I can I can plug the hole here and blow through the can. You can feel the gas leaking out the front. So would it work better on a pistol than a rifle? Well, it works great on 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 everything. But at the end of the day, I'll word it this way: you won't be able to take advantage of the flow through design until you are working with higher pressure. Does that make sense? I understand. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that's what I I mean that's what I wrote down because I that's what I thought and it seems I'm good I'm it's good that I'm not too off base. Yeah. I feel like I'm not crazy, which is always a good thing to, to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, um, okay, awesome. I can't wait to shoot it. We're gonna shoot it here in just a minute, but I have like I I think I have I have two questions. I'm just gonna combine them. Sure. I, I want to know independent of. The, these silencers. What's what's your favorite host weapon for pistol caliber, rifle caliber, and rimfire? Well, so working on pistol, so I couldn't really. I mean, <laughs> uh, host for a suppressor. Yo, uh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, you know, I've shot some competitors as well. Uh, I can't wait till we're done with the pistol can, because um, I would have to say, I mean, I, I like nine mil. I like shooting at more than forty five. Um, I, I really dig. I'm kind of a classic guy when it comes to the nine mil pistol caliber carbine stuff. I dig an MP5. I think that's a ton of fun. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to when when we can enter that. Uh, I guess arena. Okay. Um, as far as my favorites go, I, I mean, I I, I like ARs. Uh, 
I think you start getting above five, five, six, and things are just generally a little loud, even with a can. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that makes you giggle and smile when you're shooting suppressed is shooting subs. I mean, shooting 300 black. AK is pretty decent. Um, even, again, five, five, six is decent. Even seven six two is decent. I mean, but it's not like uh, it's just not the same. Do you have Shoot. any particular brand, like any like any models, like like oh, if if, guns? I, if I were to say, um, you, what's your favorite nine millimeter semi automatic pistol to shoot suppressed? Um, I'm a Glock guy. You're I, a Glock guy. Okay, yeah. which Glock? I, I, honestly, I, I've got my eye on the 19X. The 19X. I know. I don't want to sound like a cell or whatever it would be. Right? No, that's okay. I don't want to sound like man. A there are no, there are no wrong answers no, here. No, no. I've shot enough. You know, <laughs> I, you know. I like a Glock 19. I like okay. a Glock 17. I have an MP uh, M and P uh, nine. A Smith and Wesson. Which, okay. Smith and Wesson, which I actually really like as well. Okay. Um, uh, when it comes to rifles. I mean, what's your next question? As far as oh, I was just curious what yeah. your favorite silencer hosts were. I always, you know, Honestly, silencer guys, you know, you got to notice that some some hosts are, are, are more enjoyable. And I just because it's something we're doing a lot more right now because we just came out with this 22 can. But, but shooting a suppressed 22, there's a whole fun element there. Hell yeah. Just being able to, yeah. you know, shoot stupid stuff in my backyard or yeah. whatever. Uh, just being that quiet, mm-hmm. that's just really fun. I mean that's something like like a like a Ruger Mark IV. Oh yeah, Ruger Mark IV. Okay. We've got one here. Honestly, this Ruger this Ruger Precision. We've got a Ruger Precision. It's a bolt action little Ruger Precision. Oh, I, I'm sure that's loud. Oh, it's so <laughs> quiet. See that 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 is just a ton of fun. And I, you know, and I like a good Ruger 1022. Uh, we have some like CMMG ARs. That's actually really fun. Like a, cal- a caliber conversion like 22 or that's a 22 cool. AR. I don't know, just the way it feels. That's actually really fun too. But something about shooting shooting 22 in general with it's a just, suppressor it's magical i mean there's a reason that we jumped into the 22 market uh, i know it's the most saturated market but the reality it's the most is fun. i mean a lot of people it's their first can and really it's really fun it's really fun okay last question yeah it's a it's a hard one what's your favorite silencer manufactured by a competitor oh that's a good question um honestly it would probably be a toss-up between rugged and dead air uh, do you have any particular models i mean i like 30 cal can sure i think they're like a bread and butter can um i think the sandman's are pretty decent i really do um i think their mounting system's pretty awesome the, the they chemo both, yeah they both use great mounting systems yeah um I mean, I would be lying if I wouldn't say that, you know, using tapers and making sure something locked as well didn't influence how we were going to do our mounting system. Um, Rugged makes a solid product, too. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really close call between the two. Cool. No, that's good yeah. to know. Um, I think a lot of people share those sentiments. I, yeah. You know, uh, those companies seem to have good service, good products, good performance. They're yeah. nice guys. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, cool. I've, I've met the rugged guys. Yeah, uh, I, I we go shooting with them. I've gone to dinner with them and stuff at shows. They're great guys. Yeah. I met the, uh, you know, I've I've talked to Pappas a bunch. I mean, he's local and you. He's okay. He's okay. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's okay. I'm he's all right. His sense of humor is pretty good. Um, but but yeah, no, they, I mean, there's definitely some competitors I get along with really well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Do you have any? Um, I think we covered everything, man. Oh. So I think I'm. That's really great. I think no, that's... You, you want to now shoot? I mean, you mentioned earlier. No, we're going to shoot. Shot anything, we're so going to totally let's shoot all your to all your guns now, and I and I thank you very much. All right, awesome. Let's go shooting.